Did you know that you're weird? You're wonderfully weird. Join us for the next few minutes as Drake Hunter, Senior Pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the upcoming book, Wonderfully Weird, helps us to understand how to live that wonderfully weird life to the fullest every single moment of every day. I'm your host, John Waters. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living with pastor and author, Drake Hunter. Welcome back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living, the uh, podcast, weekly podcast featuring pastor and author Drake Hunter. I'm John Waters, your host, and uh, glad to have Drake back this week after being gone last week. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for uh, for having me back. <laughs> well, uh, of course, last week uh, you were gone on a, a trip to Chicago, uh, a debriefing and wrap-up of the Global Leadership Summit. Yes, and, and let me begin by saying this. What a delight it is, really, to do this podcast with you, John, because let me say thank you. Last week you uh, you filled in for me and, and just did a beautiful job, so thank you for that. And, yes, we were uh, on the road last week, uh, and uh, it, was, it was an interesting time, a fun time, but very interesting for me. Well, you went to uh, the Willow Creek Community Church in uh, South Barrington, which is a suburb of Chicago. That's where the Global Leadership Summit is held. That's right. And uh, got to see it firsthand. Yes, and not my first time to Willow Creek. Uh, it was my fourth time, I believe. Uh, they they have added, expanded, of course, their property and their building. And I was uh, able to actually see their new auditorium. The old auditorium said about 5,000. This one about 8,000, somewhere around there uh, and so uh, massive of course in, in comparison to uh, what we're familiar with and uh, that's uh, neither here or there but it's it's quite impressive when you walk in there and uh, you see this uh, this massive auditorium or room where this event happened well, and then you also had the opportunity to uh, sit down and visit with Craig Rochelle and yes. uh, others from the faculty there at the GLS. Yeah, and boy, what wonderful people. I tell you what, Craig Rochelle, uh, if you attended to or experienced the event, uh, he's real. He's what, what, what you see on stage is who he is uh, up uh, close, and, uh, you know, close and personal with you. And so, yeah, just a neat guy and had an opportunity uh, to share some time with him and, uh, and also so with the GLN faculty, just wow, you want to talk about hospitality and, and uh, treating Sherry and I like uh, VIPs, uh, as I shared on Sunday. You know, they brought us, they gave us the tour to Sherry and I, and we went around, and wow, uh, I, I, I felt like we mattered. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we, we serve, but uh, oftentimes we kind of forget what that sense is, and wow, what a great experience that was for Sherry and I to really uh, be part of the faculty in the it was a debriefing for the entire event so that's that's always uh, an interest of mine since I was in the military and very familiar what debriefings are all about well and you had uh, an interesting story about after uh, seeing the the auditorium and standing on the stage and looking out yes. and all that another individual who was there asking you if that was your dream Yes, and as I shared with them, and as you know, John, that is not my dream to stand on a stage to influence, uh, you know, millions of people, perhaps, whatever that may be. It might be a goal. It might be something that would be fun to do, but the dream is never, ever wealth. That means, you know, really people in the seats and money in the bank. The dream is truly uh, being an influence 
uh, to to whoever's in front of you, be it your neighbor or be it a hundred thousand people. And the dream is this: to truly conduct yourself in a way that you are becoming better through Christ, and at the same time, you are influencing people with that betterness and making them better in Christ. That's the dream. And so, uh, the dream is truly, truly uh, to create this movement for Christ in our day and age. Again, it doesn't matter if you're on a massive stage or it's one-on-one with your neighbor. Absolutely. Well, this uh, this week we want to take a look at a uh, a word, yes, a single word, four letters. Uh, but yet there is so much in these four letters in this one word. That word is amen. Yes, Amen, which, of course, is a song by Kid Rock, an unfamiliar rock song, I will say that, and uh, probably not even considered a classic rock song going with our theme. However, as I shared to a five-year-old, this song, since it was uh, produced and released back in 2007, to a five-year-old, this is a classic rock song. So we went in that direction, but a very uh, deep and meaningful song to me, uh, this is one of the, it was that period of time where uh, I was kind of at a tense moment moment in my life. What am I going to do? And and this song uh, was there, available to me, and my son bought it for me. Uh, the, the album Rock and Roll Jesus, which is an interesting title for the album, but the last track there is Amen. And of course, that, that song just uh, truly helping me through some times, but at the same time uh, with our, our uh, message on Sunday, truly uncovering um, the word amen, because uh, as I shared on Sunday, many people, I believe many Christians, don't even know why they say amen. Right, or what it means. What it means. And uh, we kind of get in a habit, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of tradition. It's part of experience or even our history. And then we just kind of get into a, a silly habit like we do with many things in our life without realizing perhaps what it means or why we are saying it. What's the meaning behind that? And are we truly living in the reality of whatever that meaning is? So let's talk about the meaning of the word amen. And, and it's, a, it's a declaration, um, me <laughs> saying yes. that whatever the situation is, okay, so be it. So be it. The truth of God, the reality of God, so be it, is how we defined amen. And of course, I brought out Psalms 89.52, which is simply praise be to the Lord forever. And here comes the declaration, right? Amen and amen. And of course, we're declaring two things there. Uh, we're declaring uh, the righteousness, if you will, or the righteous sentencing of those who decide not to do it God's way, uh, that the curse is upon them. And, uh, and when somebody chooses not to uh, follow the directives of God that we see in the Old Testament, and I took that out, uh, we went to the book of Deuteronomy after this verse, and we saw the curses, and we're saying, so be it to the one who cannot or will not, not cannot, will not follow the direction or the directives of God. And so we say amen to that in the sense of the curse, uh, and the curse is, is, I guess, lived out by choice, not by fault of God. And, and that was important for me to get out, too, because I know part of the issue in our society today in the church is we often find fault in God, or why me, God? Why are you doing this to me? 
Well, we need to step back and really examine why that is if we're going to live not in the curse but in the blessings of God. So the first amen is the amen to the, to the curse, and then the second amen that I brought out is to the blessings of God, those that choose to live God's way in a way where they're going to function, where they uh, better themselves, better others, better the world, uh, world through Jesus Christ. Well, just to go back for just a second, when yes. we say uh, amen to someone who is choosing not to do it the way of Christ, uh-huh. we're not saying that we're, when we say amen, we're not saying we're condoning what they're doing, but rather we're respecting their decision. If that's your decision, you want to do it that way, Yes. so be it. So be it. And as as elders, pastors, John, we can relate to this because we have people coming into our personal ministry coaching room, let's say, and they sit down and they, they're they giving us uh, the problem, the issues, and of course we come back with uh, resolving these issues with the commands of Christ or the, those directives of God, and we're like, you need to do this and put it in place, and then they kind of look at you and say, eh, you know, I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, if you're a disciple of Christ, you are required, if you don't want to live in the curse, to do that. And if you choose not to, and we share, we f- show mercy and forgiveness, but we're talking about somebody who, who finally says, you know what, no. Mm-hmm. Well, once you say that, and that's your heart, so be it. Amen. Here comes the curse. And there's nothing that you and I, as imperfect beings, can do. Uh, only God can resurrect that death of that whatever is going to happen for the wages of sin is death can only resurrect that that death that comes from living in that curse that makes sense so just to make it clear that there are two different aspects to that word amen the curses and the blessings right same scenario right we have a couple of a couple or person in our coaching room now and uh we're we're giving advice through the commands of christ uh setting up a plan and then they do it and then they live in the blessings and you truly see uh the transformation that comes from getting those commands of christ in their heart and their life are transformed and their life is now expression of who jesus needs us to be and how we've been created in god's image and when that happens we say amen right yeah, so two As, two aspects there, amen and amen. Yeah, the bookends, if you will. Yes. So so you talk about the commands of Christ. Yes. And uh, you have sort of answered this along the way, but let's delve in a little bit deeper. And, and I'm going to start it with this question, just to go right back to the beginning. Why is it so important to learn and to practice the commands of Christ? Well, first and foremost, when somebody repents— and then becomes born again. They've made a decision to become a believer. And then from that point, we're born again. We were baptized. Now when we're baptized, we're now making a decision to be a disciple. Disciple of Jesus Christ. And the reason is so important uh, if you call yourself a disciple. Some people call themselves a believer. But I'm speaking to those who are disciples, who have made a commitment and want to be engaged in this lifestyle now of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, must, must, must do the fundamental thing, and that is to learn the commands of Christ that we find 
in the Gospels. Now, not only do we find them in the Gospels, they parallel to the five books that are at the beginning of the Bible. We call that the Pentateuch and the Christian um, uh, uh, understanding. We call it the Torah in in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And those first five Bible, or excuse me, books in the Bible in the Old Testament uncover all nearly 50 commands or directives of God the Father. And of course, we see those same commands being not only revealed by Christ, but being lived out to be a model for us on how to do it as you're living here in the here and now. And so the the fundamental solution to disciples who are struggling, let's say, in, in the faith is to learn the commands of Christ. And when we learn the commands of Christ, just like we, we do with the alphabet, we have to learn the basic uh, English alphabet, let's say, to begin creating words, to create sentences, to create from there paragraphs, and then a story for our life. Same with the Christian. We have to learn the fundamental elements of Jesus, which are the commands of Christ, which again are nearly 50 commands that are clearly stated in the Gospels, and that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And once we uncover the commands of Christ, get them into our working memory, get them into our heart, and recall, that's where Jesus lives. we got to get Jesus into our heart. That's the throne of our life. So then we can start living those commands out. And through that, that will be the expression. Or I love how Matthew puts it. That then becomes the expression or the spirit attitude. Or we can say angels of Jesus are now expressed through our life so that we can connect with the spirit of God outwardly where we're truly living our lives, that we're conducting our lives in a way we're benefiting others. Does that make sense? There's so a lot comes, there. <laughs> it comes back to you reap what you sow. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, and of course, uh, what's going to happen is we're, we're doing everything we can to reap, or excuse me, produce fruit, but we got to reap those commands first, don't we? And once we reap those commands, am I saying that right, John? Sow the commands. Excuse me. So that we I, can reap the right. fruit. Yeah. Sow the commands so that we can reap the fruit. There we go. Yeah. I got, I'm like, I had, a, I had a pause, and I'm like, no, that's not right. <laughs> but yeah, the where we can truly, you know, give that fruit away in the sense of who we are. And then as we do that, then that's where it comes into our day-to-day relationships and, and such, resolving issues that are going on, yes. resolving conflicts and all that in the proper way through the commands of Christ that have been planted. That's, that's exactly right. I can't say it any better. Oh, well, then we're done then. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the solution. Now, yeah. the problem comes back to how do we get those commands in, and that takes effort. Right. Now, going to the New Testament now after the Gospels, uh, the uh, excuse me, yeah, the apostles there and the disciples are now teaching practices, fasting, meditation, prayer. You know all of these uh, practices that we must also understand, so that we can get these commands 
Well, first in the mind and thinking about it and meditating on them so that then we can get them into our heart because we understand once we meditate on, let's say, uh, a single command, let's say that command is judge not. Uh, that means to, we got to learn how to listen to an entire conversation and truly get uh, the command into our working memory so that we can get it into the heart. And then once that happens, what will per- be produced is the quality, moral quality of God or Jesus uh, known as discernment. And so we've got to get in the, that, that command into our heart and then... Once we understand that properly, we're going to be discerning people. We're going to learn how to listen and then discern that information that's coming in, that message, whatever it might be. And then from there, uh, we delete uh, the the toxicity, the curse, if you will, mm-hmm. and we bring in the blessings and then we deliver that message or make our choices based on uh, that that one simple command out of, out of the 49 that we learn at the church. Well, and... It's amazing how as you begin to put those in and plant those deep into your heart, they naturally come out. You don't think about it. It just happens. You become, in that case, discerning without saying, okay, I need to be discerning here. It just happens. It becomes your personhood. And uh, many people... Many people want to say, you can't change my personality. Well, I totally disagree with that because we go to the book of Romans and we say we we got to transform our mind. Once you transform your mind, you're getting uh, whatever you're meditating on into your mind, into your heart. It's going to transform your personality. What it won't do is transform your temperament. Now, of course, that's what my book is all about, is being wonderfully weird uh, actually implies that holiness of God that God has implanted in you before you were even born. Right. And so we're not talking about temperament here. We're talking about your responsibility of truly developing a character that sits on those quality traits that God has given you to carry out your purpose. But your responsibility is to get that that character in place so that your personality, your personhood, will line up first and foremost with who God designed you to be and then to carry out your purpose. The purpose, of course, is God's plan, not ours. And once we do that and we get uh, these commands into our heart, uh, our character will transform because uh, that's how a relationship works. It's two-sided. God has done his part. Now we got to do our part. And when we do our part uh, properly, the blessings. But when we're not, the curse. Or can I use another word that I used on Sunday? Toxic living Mm -hmm. or toxic relationships, as you shared early in any of your life roles. Then we fail to truly be that person that's conducting ourselves that's benefiting others. And we fail to, let's say, communicate properly. Because what are we doing when we're doing it in the curse? It's all about me, self-centeredness, rather than how we are commanded to live God-centeredness. You know, I was thinking about, as you were saying that, Drake, that um, it's much like a, a blueprint for a house and uh-huh. and God is the architect. He has drawn right. up the blueprints. Uh, he has built the foundation, which is our temperament. And then he has given us blueprints, which are the commands of Christ, the ways of Christ, uh, for us to then build our house upon that temperament. Uh, we have the choice of what the house is going to look like and where the doors are yes. and all that. But he's given us the blueprint of how that house needs to be built to make sure it's solid 
But yet so often we just take the materials and we start throwing it up in a haphazard fashion and just kind of hope for the best. Yes, and live by chance rather than choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully God or whatever that chance might be. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, that uh, two-dimensional uh, training that you just gave there, that architect, that blueprint, is a great way to understand because we have to understand that God did make us in a certain way. Now, the challenge is, uh, and I un- uncover this in, in the book Wonderfully Weird, is the challenge is how do I get to that blueprint? And of course, uh, I give you some means uh, how to do that. And then once we understand that purity of God's quality within you, because that was given before you were born, mm-hmm. and once we understand that, yes, it's still quite blurry for, for many at first, but then things start to clear up. And when you can see uh, how God truly designed you uh, in the sense of your purity, then we can uncover your purpose. And once we uncover a purpose, now I can do my part and start putting a two-dimensional plan, be that architect, like you said, and start coming up now with dreams. Uh, Then with that, I can figure out my calling, my mission. Then I put goals to it. And once I put goals to it, I have objectives. Once I have, have objectives, I can put activity to it. And then I have a life plan now, my responsibility, that sits on the temperament of who I am or who I've created to be through Christ, the image of God that sits within us and is begging to get out. With And all of that being done with flexibility, of course. Oh, yeah, flexibility, of course. You got, uh, let's, let's go to back to the commands of Christ, right? Uh, we ought to forgive the offender. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, in our own mental self, we're always beating ourselves up forgiveness and reconciliation with God and trust, trust in God, trust in self and others to really help you to truly be that person who you need to be, but more importantly, to be fruitful and to really reach the potential of who you are through how God designed you and with that uh, very uh, thought out plan that you put in place so that you can have a true relationship with God and your neighbors. And that's pretty powerful because once we put those two together, we're no longer living in part. We're living in the completeness or the integrity of faith. And, of course, our model is always, always Jesus Christ, that perfect model. And then, of course, we connect with those who are closer with that understanding, with who truly understands or knows how to uncover those different areas in your life so that they can be with you as you're developing and growing and becoming more, again, of that person that gives more than they receive. Isn't that the goal of life, to give Absolutely. more than we receive? I don't think people understand that. And once you get there, I day-to-day waking up, I can't – what can I give away today? That's, uh, you know, this foreign to most. But I'm so excited about to, to do that because that is the command, to be fruitful and multiply. To be generous, yes, and that's to be generous. generous in in all areas. You know, of course, we naturally go right. to money. Right. We think of, but that's just one aspect. It. It's there's generosity in your time, generosity in your talents, your gifts, your abilities, your your knowledge, your uh, life experiences, whatever yeah. it may be. I tell you where the starting point is, John. Generous with your words. Hold back the negative words, and allow the positive and you got to be careful here let me say healthy words 
to really add value to the experience or whoever you're with. Because if we can learn that, think about that in all of our relationships. If we can be generous with our words, with one another, lift people up, have self-control when it comes to perhaps some of those things that we want to say that's going to cause hurt. Let's, let's have self-control there. And rather than blurting or projecting those, let's really just be generous with our words. And we can start right there rather than with our money and all that. Perhaps that will come. But where we can start is with our words. And again, that's one of the commands of Jesus. Let your light shine. And once you let your light shine, there you go. Jesus on, on the throne of your heart and you're living it out, the light will shine. Those angels of God will come out and people will be connected with you because you're being generous with your words, with your nonverbals, with your resources and everything you just mentioned. Uh, Yes. But let's start simple. Start with your words. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, So be it. Yeah, Yeah, we kind of got off track there, but hey, that's all right. Amen. As we're, uh, of course, always rapidly running out of time, but um, let's go to some questions that we want to leave with folks to, uh, to think about. And... You know, you mentioned the two different aspects of amen, the, the curses and the blessings. And, and, but let's look at it from the perspective specifically of a Christian. And what does it mean when a Christian says amen? Well, of course, it just means so be it. But we know there's two sides as we've been talking. There's the amen or so be it to the curse or the toxicity when somebody chooses to live that way. And then, of course, we have the blessings of God. Uh, the amen to so be it to those who truly are committed and engaged to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So you have those then that choose to live under the curse. What should be our belief or our attitude when it comes to an individual who's living under the curse? Well, the same attitude that Jesus had when he was walking the face of the earth and also the same attitude God has uh, in heaven and that is sadness. We should, our hearts should be broken for those people rather than, as I shared, uh, that's what they get. I, I hear that so often, John, and it, it's heartbreaking because uh, we don't realize that when we're saying that and that is our attitude, that's not the spirit of Christ coming out of us. That then reveals that with that attitude, with that belief, we ourselves then are living under that curse. And so be very careful with that attitude because then you yourself, with that attitude, that, that, that's, so, that's what they get. That should never be our attitude. It should be, whew, what can we do? Or sometimes the best thing to do is just be quiet. Let the pause of Christ in your life be the message. Judge not. Judge not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thirdly, what must a person do to not live under the curse but rather to live in the amen of God's blessings. Once again, being intentional of being that disciple of Jesus Christ and truly learning the, the fundamentals of our faith, which is the directives or commands of Jesus Christ, and truly putting a plan towards that. that that's meaning being mindful and intentional. And then as you, you challenged probably six months ago now, John, where you're getting into these that you're learning the commands of Christ. And if anybody's been to our church, uh, they know this is a fundamental 
ministry for us. We are putting this in place because if you do not have the commands of Christ, an understanding, somewhat understanding, and how to use them in problem-solving in relationships, you're going to continue to live in this curse or you're going to live by chance. Uh, you either live by chance or by choice. So we've got to make a daily choice to be disciples of Jesus Christ so that we can conduct ourselves in a way that will truly benefit uh, others, benefit our community, benefit the world, so that we can truly be that expression of what true life truly uh, is in that reality, and that we can truly uh, be the light of the world. Well, it's such a uh, core part of the ministry that, in fact, you're starting a uh, or have started a life group yes. based around the fundamentals, the the commands of Christ. Yes, and that life group is a su a supplement to the other life groups because I realize how important it is we have to get these commands in place. And I'm now starting a a weekly devotion. Another thing added to my calendar, but hey, this is important enough called devotion of success. And that is devotion of success through these commands of Christ that we will be, I will be uh, speaking towards in my writing uh, each week. And then actually it's going to be developing another book that I'm writing called The Wonderfully Weird Commands of Christ or Directives. I haven't come up with a title yet. But it's, there's a twofold purpose here to, to really help our church, but at the same time be fruitful outside of our church where this should truly help the church uh, globally in the sense of truly understanding uh, what that is, what that means, and how to apply it to your life and use them as we function in our day-to-day -day, uh, lives in all of our relationships. Speaking of the book, uh, Wonderfully Weird, uh, still slated to come out sometime soon. Everything's on track. Yeah, everything's on track. I had an interesting conversation this morning uh, with um, – uh, a consultant uh, outside of my publisher uh, and now kind of you know what's when's the best time to launch it it's done it's produced it's ready to go but we're trying to find that sweet spot if you will when it comes to releasing it to make sure that the time is is right yeah so, absolutely yes uh, but the the plan is still in in fall all right. And of course, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, this particular podcast will evolve um, yes. from uh, looking at the weekly message at Elevating Life Church to uh, more closely following the uh, the aspects of the book, Wonderfully Weird, yes. which of course is still part of the same ministry same as ministry. far as the, the message goes, but yet uh, it'll be more based upon the book. That's right, and, and two sides, uncovering uh, that image of God within you and then putting a plan, what we just talked about, putting a plan towards that uh, uniqueness in how God has created you. Be holy as I'm holy is, is the whole gist of the book. Well, uh, we're excited for the release of the book. I've, I, I have an advanced manuscript copy of it, so I've already read the book. It's outstanding. So uh, let me just say that. Anyway, uh, we're all out of time for this week. So, Drake, uh, great to have you back, and thanks for coming in. And thank you for uh, bringing me back. And, again, what a delight it is to truly get to do this with you, John. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Don't forget, if you have any questions or comments, would like to uh, get a message to us, easiest way to do that is through uh, an email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. And uh, just send us a message there and we'll be sure to uh, look at it and address that as is appropriate. Now for pastor and author Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. Thanks for joining us on this week's Wonderfully Weird Living. Find out more about your uniqueness when you get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, available in the fall of 2019. And please email us with your questions or comments at wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. Join us again next time as we continue to explore Wonderfully Weird Living. I'm John Waters. Thank you for joining us.